What if everything you thought of health and wellness suddenly changed due to a hidden breathing problem that you were unaware of that affects every system in your body? Improper breathing habits are often overlooked in medicine. I'm Dr. Jenny from the Hobson Institute, and this is The Breathing Lab. Welcome, everybody. Martha Cortez, Dr. Jennifer Hobson, and welcome our different platforms. We're working on different platforms because we need to get the word out. Breathing is everything. Dr. Hobson? Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Hobson. I'm the physical therapist here that uh, understands breathing and TMJ. Um, I've been working with Martha for the past couple of years now, um, and we've known each other from many different conferences, many different airway um, collaborative uh, events, and we we have a great time together really bouncing off ideas and um, bouncing off patient cases and trying to figure out what's the best thing for our, our patients. So we're here to really help you all um, have a platform to bring on questions, bring on cases, and um, really try to make a difference in people's lives around breathing and their health. So I'm happy to be here. Uh, Martha, so nice to see you. So I know you have some things in mind and, you know, I would like to add to them, but you are such a wealth of knowledge. So thank you for um, allowing us to be this team (laughs) together. We are all a team and we build teams for our patients. And I, I actually put three little cases together of asking the question, how do you know a patient is suffering? Like, who, how do you really know? Uh, I would ask you, is it their chief complaints? Is it what you observe? Is it something you can measure? Like, how do you know they're suffering? Because not the ones that complain a lot are the real sufferers. That would be my first thing to say. The ones that actually do not complain and are quieter sometimes are suffering worse. Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, people come to us when there's a problem. They're not quite sure exactly how to fix their problem, but they have complaints, right? And for them to take time out of their busy day, it takes effort. And people only do things when they're not happy with their life and how things are functioning. So um, Normally for me, at least I've noticed the, the majority of patients that come in that are that we know for sure are a problem are the pain patients, people that have pain. But then there's this other category of people that are tired and exhausted all the time and can't think clearly. So there, there's a different group of patients that come to maybe your doors, my doors in Chicago, your doors in New York. That, that have these complaints that they're just not quite sure and maybe their medical doctor is not really addressing their problems. So what would you think? Mm-hmm. See, like, if you examine, if they say, okay, see, this is what I've come to realize that some, some people, some people have come in and told me, well, I'm, my jaw's crowded and that's it. You know, yeah. I'm a mom. I'm going to show that as the second case, but I'm a mom. My, my jaw is crowded. Can I give my jaw a little, a little wider? Right. So if they came to you as a PT, they would say, you know what? I just had two babies and my lower back hurts 
and I, I, my left, my left, I have sciatic ever since then, but you look and you look at their crowded teeth and then you're like, you know, I'm tired. You're not fatigued. I'm tired. You know, I'm a mom, you know, and I work. What would, what would you look for? What would you measure? Because I'm, I'm ask, asking the question is measurement. So what objective testing can you, can you, can I do versus subjective? Because a lot of us work on subjective. What does the patient she, um, complain about? What can we help them with? And then we look for indicators. Oh, is it crowded? Oh, is the jaw vaulted? Uh, but do they, like TMJ, they can be clicking. They can even be popping out. But do they have a cheap complaint of pain? Right. And, and I think in my case, you know, as I, as I evaluate patients, um, it, I do kind of a full body evaluation and I'm always trying to look at the systems of the body, but this musculoskeletal system is what PTs are known to treat, right? So we look at anatomy and we look at alignment when things are out of alignment, especially in the pelvis, and the pelvis is your, your hip bones. Basically, if I can palpate that the tops of your hip bones and ones like this, that's going to affect the entire spine all the way up to the neck, all the way up to the jaw. When things are out of alignment, your muscles work under strain and compression. So therefore, when, when that happens, not no one, even myself, can really test myself well. You need to go to someone that can identify objective measurements that say, okay, this is not right. So I always check iliac crest height. I want to see if one's off. I want to see if their feet are straight. You know, if they're one's inverted, one's supinated, one's pronated, one's too much within the uh -huh. other. And the heel tells you the truth, the heel of their shoes. That, and, and they always wear out the same way, every shoe, right? So the, the way they walk, the way they sit, the way they eat, the way they swallow, the way they breathe. I look at all that. I look at how they stand. They, they how, breathe. Yeah. So they breathe because I've been saying, I've been referring to the Hobson breathing clinic exactly for that, because I'm starting more from the top down now. I'm almost beginning to ignore the, the domino effect and saying, um, are you breathing through your nose? Are you nasal cleaning? Are you nasally hygiene? Okay. And so that's what made me think we need to measure the nose. It's not the mouth only. It's not the jaw crowding. The jaw crowding is a result of the breathing. The jaw crowding and the kink of the, of the neck and the cant of the head and all that is really because of that cranial rhythm, the way they came in, the cranial rhythm, what happened? Did they get stuck that they're long, narrow, or did they stick stuck trans in the transverse in that expiration? What is it that happened? But that breathing. So I started looking for a breathing device. I wanted to see a measurement. As a neuromuscular dentist, I wanted to measure. Because neuromuscular dentistry, we measure, measure the EMGs of the muscles with the, 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 the actual condylar movements in order. And then we take MRIs, all these real fancy things. But it's all about 
is the physiology, but is the structure right? But physiology, but all of that is governed by, I hate to tell you this now more, it's the nasal. Right, the nose. And, you know, I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, I've always looked at it differently. I've looked at it through um, capnometry. 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 Okay. So little nasal cannula connected to a capnometer measures CO2 levels and breath rate. It just kind of shows you what people do. The more people yeah, are- I think you should describe it a little better though. Okay. So not everybody, not every dentist knows what a capnometer- So a capnometer, you know, I'm a buteco breathing instructor. So it's all about nose breathing. And it's all about nose breathing. And what, what people don't get is that when you are um, nose breathing and you're breathing at the right rate and the right volume, your body works perfectly. It's in like that perfect homeostasis. When you start changing your mouth, the mouth posture drops open. The tongue goes down to breathe out through the mouth. Your, your mouth dries out. The, the lips dry out. You end up getting an inflamed airway because everything is just raw and breathing non-filtered humidified air through. So you end up shrinking your airway. And not only that, you're, you're also plugged in your nose. Your nose is sticky. The mucus is connected and you can't breathe through it. There's no passage there. So that, that whole um, sequence of events creates a problem with musculoskeletal, digestive, cardiovascular, lymphatic. It goes down the chain of all the systems. It changes. So what I do is I observe, I look, I see, and I, you know, with COVID, everybody's wearing masks and I'm like, take off your mask. I need to see you talk. I need to see you breathe and what you do. So I'm observing all the time what they're doing here, how right. they swallow, how they look, how, how their mouth is resting at rest. And if they're breathing and if they're sucking air when they talk, that's the sneaky, the breathers. Yeah, that's the sneak. That's the micro mouth breathers. I call it, yeah, the sneaky mouth breathers. Musicians, especially clarinetists, is, uh, saxophones are known for that because they have to learn how to micro breathe, quick breathe just before they play their instrument. So it's micro mouth breathing. Yeah. So that, oh. and, and like I'm, I'm a breathing patient too. Every one of us is a breathing patient, but some more severe than others. And I, because I've done so much training, I'm much better now, but I have to wait and pause and be patient and not get too excited. And because what I want to do is talk, 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 and then suck in air quickly to say the next word. That changes the way that your rib cage is held, the muscles around the rib cage and the neck elevate, get tight. And then you're kind of stuck in it until someone says, Hey, you're doing that. Yeah. And you know what, even when they swallow, you see the same pattern. They, they swallow with their shoulders, the excess, the accessory muscles, they swallow all that. So that's, yeah. Cause they, they, their pattern is there. So as you know, we use the froggy in order to change that swallow pattern. 
but then you still got to get them in the pattern of breathing. So in my office, I like the cap, I like the capnometer. Capnometer. In my office, I'm going to share the screen. What I have brought in. Uh, give me one little second. Okay. Start. I'm going to need my glasses again. Share. And start. Easiest thing is this. Okay. Martha. Because I'm really concerned actually lately more about, you know, those quieter suffering people. Because what's happening is, is some of them, they don't tell you they're suffering. They just tell you they're just, you know, they're overworked because they, they're they're a mom or they're a little kid. Oh, he just, you know, he plays hard. But then you end up taking a test. And I'm going to show you a couple of rhinometry tes tests. Rhinometry tests is nasal function. So it's about the nasal resistance and the nasal flow. You're going to see these little tests. You're going to see the goalposts, like in football, goalposts. And you see the flow rate up here. It says flow 800 cc's per three. That's the pressure. That is the flow. Everyone's supposed to have a beautiful sine wave from up green, from all the way from the upper green, all the way to the lower mint green, all the light green. Down the equator is the big red X. I call it flatliners because when you are near that flat, flat liner, the, what it means is that you are vulnerable. You are actually more like, see the red line here? This is red. It's severe apnea to moderate apnea. They are already pathological. So flatliners is very dangerous. See here, we have a young man. This, see how this, so, so his Martha, expiration- Martha. Can I, can I introduce, can I stop you for a second, just for a moment? Because um, I just want to let you know, stop share for just a moment. I want, I stop. want this, the Instagram live. We, we have Instagram live now through the Hobson Institute. We're doing a, um, a, basically it's a bi-monthly meeting for people that will have issues with airway and breathing and wanna learn from a physical therapist that's an airway-centric physical therapist and a dentist that's an amazing airway-centric TMD dentist. And what Martha Cortez from New York City is doing is going over a couple things of what she looks at around breathing retraining, breathing transformation, with their, her dental patients. And she's going through that with a presentation here. So Martha, go ahead and keep going. I just wanted to let you know that we are now live on Instagram. Yay. Welcome everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you so are ready to go. Go we ahead. Are, we have been asking the question. Do you see the screen well? Yep. Okay. We have been asking the question because there are... See, I've come, and many patients come in, so they, they tell you what's wrong, but there are some people who tell you, well, my teeth are crowded, I, 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 you know, or my son's teeth are crowded, but I just want to make the teeth straighter. But then you ask the question, why are they so crowded? Are they breathing? And no, no, he's fine. They're all fine. So what happens is I started testing the nasal because 
It's the nasal, it's the breathing, the cranial rhythm that everybody comes in. And sometimes they get stuck in a rhythm of the cranium and they become more narrow. And then some of them get stuck in this one and they're shortened. So what happens, that also, also affects the development of the upper jaw and then therefore the lower jaw and then therefore the neck. So it's all, and even the nasal, I can know if someone postures off because the nasal, the one that's stuck, their posture stuck on the opposite side. It's always their nasal valves. So I started asking the question, how can I measure this? So I got a rhinometer. The rhinometer, as I said, was testing the nasal resistance and flow. And it's two goal post. And when the, the actual good breathing goes from the upper grain, a sine wave goes like this, upper grain oh, to the lower grain. On the other side, from the left side expiration, okay, to the lower inspiration. And you have beautiful green sine waves. But as they go right next to the equator, you're talking about pathology. The equator is a, I call it flatliner. Why? Because they can't breathe well. They're, they are obstructing. Now, if you see the color, the red here matches this color. This color is red as in severe apnea, moderate apnea. And that's when you're talking about pathology already. This is the young boy. Do you see how his lines, there's this red line, this line left expiration to left inspiration. It's a flat liner. It's completely obstructed. On the left side, there's severe obstruction. So they can't breathe. Um, it's awful. Now, the other side, look at this one up here, breathes a little better because now they're in orange. So the right side is just modern apneic. This other case I'm going to discuss, look, total flat liner. So we're going to look at these two cases. Total flat liner. They are within the red zone. And I've followed them several times. And I'm not going to discuss the numbers. I'm going to just discuss the waves because it's really interesting. So look at this young man. This young boy had crowding. And that was the only thing referred from the MD and the parents for crowding. And the teeth are sticking out. There's more to this case. But what else do we have that contributes? There is a breathing issue. There's a, a tongue tie. Now, when you see anterior crowning, there's always a tongue tie, which means the, the sale of the tongue, the enzyme was deficient in the neonate for it to be loose and released so they can expand. Do you see down here? These are canines stuck ectopically um, by cuspids. <laughs> anyway, by cuspids. Back here is, this shows a tongue tie. So we have that posterior tongue tie, very, very constricted jaws, upper and lower grinding, so that we know already. So that in this case, because the nasal was so constricted, I did MSC, I'll show you what it is. Essentially four implants to open up the nasal. The nasal was totally constricted, totally mouth breather. And then some myofunctional therapy that he was not as compliant, physical therapy, not as compliant, but what was good is he had soccer and tennis. So this is the actual tooth sticking out. Very little buccal plate bone. And so we just created it and created. This is two and a half months. These are the implants. The there. So what they are, I'll show you in a minute. Okay. What they are is essentially you put 
you put your expander, so it's a rapid palate expander with little mini implants that go into the oral bone, the inside bone, and it goes a little deeper. So it grabs the floor of the nasal. So you're able to now open up oral as well as nasal and opening it up. So we went here in the two and a half months. So now we're near like the, the 39s, 38s. This is what it looks. I thought of. <laughs> so look at the look at the width. We have now like a 38-ish. But look at how the teeth just automatically lined up. And originally I did not have any passive ligation uh, orthodontics. Martha, how old is this patient? Uh, 13, 14. 13, so, 14. So this yeah, is, so this a is a different way to do a palatal expander. This is, this is a different, like people might've heard, oh, I do palatal expansion, but an MSC is something that is different because you are fixating this appliance, right? And you're creating this expansion. But it's not just fixating. You are actually going into the bone and you see, see in here, it literally, puts four little mini implants, four little mini screws into the bone of the oral cavity, into the nasal. You are aiming it. And I create this virtually. So I have a virtual placement. You'll see it in another x-ray. I do it virtually before I actually physically put the, the implants. I do implants already. So this is a very good comfort zone for me. And then keep them expanding slowly, nicely. But these are two and a half. Now this is six months. And after... Usually it's about 75 turns, whether 50 to 75 turns, whether it takes two and a half weeks or whether it may take three and a half weeks, depending on the comfort zone of the person. But look at the airway change. So he was a flat liner on the left, inspiration, expiration, and now he's in the mint green. That is extraordinary. And that is when I first did it at two and a half months. So this is when he's first getting it. Now look, look at this. Okay, so what is this? This is looking at the person anterior posterior. So looking at their face. This is the nasal cavity. Here are the maxillary sinuses. Now, this is two and a half months later. Do you see how much clearer the maxillary sinuses? So much more space around that. No, space. yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's, but not, and they notice their breathing. Now look at the sinuses up here. It's not just the maxillary. Look at the frontal ones. Look up here. They opened up. Yeah, I totally see that. Yeah. That's why the MSC is different because it opens up the nose as a, as a, like a, it's, it's something that happens naturally with that expansion. It opens up the nostrils, right. Or the, right. the nasal passage, I should say. And it's opened up more than this. So this it's, it's, I almost want to say it's so sexy because you're addressing the nasal and if they get them to do the nasal hygiene and you get them to do the nasal breathing, it keeps improving and improving. But it makes the orthodontic, the orthopedic orthodontics easier. This is very gentle, passive ligation at three and a half months. Look at the difference here already at three and a half months. So this is MSC six and then swings to six months of ortho. That's it at 014. And we're not done, but look at the difference already. 
It's so great. It's so simple. Great. It's easy. Ectopic cane teeth are picked up because all you're doing is creating the room of the jaws. But what's important is the improvement of the breathing. So yeah. he went, it was really high up. Okay, see where it says down here, nasal resistance? He is yeah. now 0.25 and 0.28. He is now normal. It was extremely high. Did I do the second one? No, I didn't. Um, but it was extremely high. It was like 4.0, which is a ridiculous amount. He could not breathe. Wow. No, it's a big deal. This is not a little thing. Now, again, how do you test it? So here's the other one that I showed you. See how they're flatliners? It's yeah. a flatline. Flatline means that they're not breathing well. Their rhinometry tress are um, congested noses, right? They, they're, they're not able to breathe well through them. The more that they're horizontal like this and not a, a, a really defined X, they're, they're, they're having issues with nasal breathing, correct? But they don't even know it or they're so accustomed to doing it. Right. Now, let's, let's look at this number, 4.2, similar to the GIT, 4.2, 5.6, a ridiculous amount. Again, let's read it. Nasal resistance, you follow the whole line, 4.25. Anything past 0.49 is abnormally pathological. So again, let's, we know this already. So now let's look at it. There's an ectopic canine, meaning the canine is not in the correct arch. It doesn't look that bad, right? Just a little crowded. So here up here, it's the insert. There's a canine stuck on the outside arch. It's a really, it was so small, it was uh, 24. Normal adults are 3840. 3840 was 24, as small as like a nine-year-old child. When I first inserted the, you see it right here? Yeah. This is the MSC. It goes partially into the cavity. It depends on wh where you are. It's going to show different views. One right behind here and one here, which made the, <laughs> we don't know the tongue, but, um, but it, it's good. But this is, this is the insert. Just inserting it opened it up a little more. Right. I insert. totally see that. Totally so you want to see this this the space right here, uh, right below the nose. Exactly. Picture all the way to the right. Um, how? At what is it? What is the the pictures to the left? This is seventeen. So, so I, what I did is I took different shots, trying to find the same shot before. But you're going to see more in a moment. This is just okay. the insert from the original. Okay. So even on the insert, there's a slight difference already. Okay. So one on the extreme right is the insert. The ones on these two sides are different points along to show what the original one. But you have to understand, I didn't do anything, didn't expand it. So all I did was just put it in. And look at the measurement. 24 is the trans width. See it? Yep. Okay. That's narrow. Uh, this is improving the airway. The 24 airway. is the space between the, the, the first molars, molars or first molars. molars. And we want what at that 13? 38. 38. Well, no, so now we're at another case. This is a 38, 39 year old. Okay. Good. We didn't do the numbers on him. So this is 21 days, opening it up more. 
Now look at, the, I had this officially measured. I did not do it myself. Uh, beam readers found 34. Okay. Look at this. 34 is so still said, limited because you want at, at age 38, what? 40, 38 millimeters. 38 millimeters of opening. So 434 means that their tongue does not fit well up on their palate. What's going to happen with the tongue that doesn't fit well is a tongue that drops down and creates an airway occlusion or, or a blockage of the airway in the back of the throat, eventually causing sleep problems or breathing problems or, or snoring problems eventually. And so, eventually it can cause thyroid problems. A lot yeah. of thyroids that go down are just really small jaws that can't breathe. Now, I'm going to put in a little thing. If you go to the first middle one, do you see mandibular width was 35? I haven't done anything yet. The mandibular width is already 36.6. So it's mm -hmm. responding to the space that opens. It's lifting. Those teeth are beginning to open on their own. So this is the actual little development, 21 days. So it's opening up here. You're going to see more. This is 21 days. So it's opening up more and more, but you're going to keep seeing more. The back of the postpharyngeal space, 600. That's wow. large. Wow. It's a great space. Yeah, no. So now this is, the, this is here. And now look how, how much development occurred. In order, I'm just trying to create an arch for her breathing, for her tongue and her breathing. This is just to show had this better space for the canine to come in. Bigger space. It's going to be the same thing. A little more space. You can almost see how these split open a little more. Just develops more space. A little more space. Now you're going to see something more interesting. This is on this side is here's the, the change. Same. It's almost the exact same place. Opening. Look at this one. Opening. Now you see this one, the opening right here. Do you see it? So that is the the, the expansion of that. This is the original. Yeah, this is the original. Yeah. Uh huh. This is the original. So right here, we're also seeing the conscious opening, where the turbinates they're opening more room around the turbinates, known as conscious. And now here is. A, another section, but here you can see the transfer is actually opening. Okay. And now again, same one. And look at the development. So it's different points. Um, here is just the inferior turbinates area. So also. Just like for everyone that's listening and, and, and hearing through Instagram and through Facebook live, this is, this is a technique that is um, a technique to change the ability for your tongue to rest up on your palate, to feel like it has enough space and to also open up the nasal passages. This is a technique that's non, basically non-surgical. Would you say it's non-surgical? Non like, like I do the non-surgical facelift. I would call this the non-surgical airway lift. Yeah. So it's like a way of opening up all of these areas, this, the space where your tongue should fit, that your tongue just does not fit well because you've been breathing in a bad pattern for so many years that you developed a very narrow nose and a very narrow mouth. Now, Dr. Martha, along with anyone else that's doing MSCs that's well-trained, 
They're expanding these palates, creating more space for the tongue to fit on the palate so that it does not have to fall down because that's the only way there's space for it. So you create the space. He's, she's creating the architecture. The architecture of the nose widens right at the base, right where this appliance gets placed. That nostril, th those nasal passages open up. I know that others say that they do, but I've never seen as much as the MSC has uh, for those that have gone through it and have these x-rays. These x-rays don't lie. So Dr. Martha is creating space in the nose and the mouth for the tongue to, to fit in that oral cavity. And now, Martha, what I know... Now remember, I mean, the breathing. Go ahead. Yep, the breathing, the swallowing. Because you create the space, and now you got to have the brain to remember how to breathe. So they have to practice breathing through the nose. They have to practice that tongue. They have to have the right swallow. So they have a lot of work to do. It's not, it's not that difficult, but it takes time. But now they're getting the breathing space. So you can see this. We saw this already. What now? This is crazy. See how it's all these teeth, but remember, it's a 39-year-old, 38, 39-year-old. Now, if this was a man of 45, in addition, oh wait, let's see. Let's, okay, here. In addition to, because I do cortical punctures, which means just before I place the implants in the device, you got to take a little, well, I, I have my, my cortical puncture rod, they're little rods. And I literally, almost like sewing, you're sewing, creating a base, and you make about eight to 12 little dots, da, 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 and you just, three, oh, da, da, da. Da, 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 da. On the women, that's all I do. On the men, I have to do further. Da, 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 da. And then I have to go a little further up here. But I'll stop for a moment. And we'll continue that in a moment. Now you see here, so that was two and a half months. Now we're getting them to move. But look what this one looks like already. That is the same case. Look at the canine that was ectopic coming in. All I did was create space and I'm going to continue to move her a little more. Do you see it? Yep, I totally see it. I totally see it. I and what's interesting is the impressions. She was extremely high vaulted and she's already flattened this much. I see that. And she's widened this much. It's good to keep the old impression material. You can't do this. How long is this is this expansion? Like, what is it's the six months? This this is just we're talking six this months. Is, this is six months. And so, so, like the braces, the, the the what people think braces takes two years to do. You can do the expansion I, and braces within what? what I tell them. I tell them fifteen months. Wow. And what I do is I let it sit there. I have to let it sit, but, but also notice I'm going to utilize something like an elf to hold. Yeah. I see that inside the mouth, inside yeah. the, the dental, um, yeah. the, the teeth, you're creating that support with the elf. The elf is like a light wire that creates a outward pressure against the, the teeth and 
and um, arches. And arches. And arches. So you're you're supporting it because normally what braces do are retract and bring closer. So you're not doing that completely because you're adding support. As a matter of fact, I have to change the wires because it gets short. Because as it develops, the wire that's in there gets short and comes off. So I have to develop it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. But she's 39. Yeah, this is like, this is unheard of for people at 39 to get this type of expansion at that age. People don't think that things can move that much. And what Dr. Martha is showing us is that it's, it's 100% possible. Um, but Martha, like this, this, this happens in six months, but what, what stabilizes it at the end of the day? That's why I wait into 15 months and I still put an old fashioned retainer. I don't put a retention thing. I have them wait. And I tell them you're going to wear it for three years and forever. And they laugh. I go, because I don't know for sure. Uh, the bone stabilizes. The other cases seem to be doing, but I don't see them 10, 15 years down the line yet. So since I'm not sure you're going to hold it. And it says it's just a retention thing at night. It's a removable. It's no big deal. You'll sleep better. And they giggle. They go, I'm already sleeping better. I never slept. I was insomnic. I used to get up at three in the morning and wonder, will I get back to bed or not? Because they were sleep apneic, severe apneic, couldn't breathe. They ate the wrong food. It was even worse congestion. They were mouth breathers. And a lot of them like, like this, their lips are open. They look cute, very, you know, these cute little, this look, but not healthy. So you create, Martha, you create the space, then you, you rely on the myofunctional therapist, the, the breathing retrainer to support what architecture you've created in the, in the patient's mouth and upper, upper airway. So I will, I will say that the combination of what Dr. Dr. Cortez has done. Like she's, she's the architect and the functional person. You have to understand that there's a functional person that needs to be involved or else this all collapses after the end of the day, things start to get tight again. If you do not have the proper swallow, if you do not have the proper oral posture, the oral posture is how you hold your tongue within your mouth how you hold your mouth at rest. You know how many people bite their teeth, bite their chin or bite their cheek, bite their nails, bite pens. That's not proper oral posture. That's not gonna support function and architecture that Dr. Martha is creating. What you need to create is a resting posture that you swallow in that posture, you eat food and you chew and you create a nice, round bolus of food. You slam dunk it in a way that your muscles are not hyperactive in your mouth and face. And you do that all day naturally. That's the goal. Whenever Dr. Martha and I work together, my goal is to get people to swallow properly, rest with their tongue up with their mouth closed properly, breathe through their nose at the right volume and rate. So not super fast, not really big, getting them to really understand volume breathing, um, oral posture and swallowing. That's the key to health and stabilizing these cases. Yeah. 
And you know what's interesting? A lot of them have tongue thrust. So one of the most yes. important things is not to work on the tongue thrusting thing, is to create because I I an open entry, open bites. I when I I have my my doctors that that I am privileged to share and teach. And one of the most important things about anterior open bites is that you got to develop the transverse. You don't try to just close the space. You have to develop what's missing. You got to transverse, create the room for the tongue, make sure if the tongue tie, but you got to get that right swallow. The right swallow is what makes the biggest difference. And being with type of therapists that only do swallow is not enough because again, it's the combination. It's the breathing. It is the lips, lip competence. It is the correct swallow. It's the movement of that tongue. It's that right swallow. So all of these accessories. And then also any fascia that's really, really tight down the, bo- down the body. Any ischemic areas, any of the, uh, the what's issue of tuberosities, the SI joints, it's, it's truly all connected, but that breathing top down. Yeah. Martha, we have about five minutes, five minutes. So this is the new airway. You get five months. So how it's improved went from flat five months, six months. We are now almost normalizing her and we're not done yet because now now we're going to, now you see this little wiggly, wiggly little thing. It's um, valve, posture, and airway. We're still working on it. So she's still, look, six months though. She's in the green. She's now in the green. And she is now um, 0.2.2. She is now, is it 0.2.23? She's now normal. So she went from flat to normalized. She's amazing. And we're not done yet. Now look at this little kid. I'm sorry, I don't have his x-ray. Because now I do have his x-ray. But uh, he's a horrible abnic. He's a horrible breather. His nasal valves are collapsing. All this is collapsing, collapsing. Um, and it's awful. Let me see if I can get, because they told me that they send it to me in my email. Because I, he's seen so many people. And this is what I... Seen so many people, why wasn't this addressed a little earlier? Let me see, can I open it up this way? Can I open it up? I, I, I have the need to this be seen. Uh, huh. Huh. How do you make this bigger? Huh. Okay, let's try it another way. Uh, oh man. Yeah, I'll do it another way. Wait, uh, share the screen. Let's see. Yeah. Um, let's see what that looks like on paper. Can you see this? It's just a little small right now. It's a little small, right? Regardless, um, though, Martha, I think, I mean. You know what? I just want can you see any maxillary sinus? See where it's pointing, even though it's small? 
Now we're there just is you without sharing, so we don't see it. What? We don't see uh, you sharing anything. <laughs> Everybody was here before. Ah! Our screen sharing. Is Maybe it screen sharing? It. It's screen sharing right now. No, no, now you're off. Now you're off. You know what? I'm going to use this. Is it doing it now? Yep. Okay. Look at the, the small picture sideways. You see the huge adenoids? Yep. Really big and round. It going into the airway. But more important, so everybody's been looking at the noise. Oh, we're not sure we're going to do it or yes or no. But when you look at the sinuses, can you see the maxillary? Wait, you should see two huge holes. Under the eyes, there should be. There is no maxillary sinus. That's how much congestion the poor kid's been putting up with. Can't breathe. Yeah. And I looked for it. I went through it. So that rhinometer test proved. Helped you. Helped you. Identify. No the emergency that I have to send for the NT, not for surgery. They're going to opening up those, those maxillary sinus. We're going to do with allergies first, change the diet, and we're convinced. And then if we can uh, get some nasal release also. So this is a form. So I, I, you know, I, I have to tip my head off to the rhinometer GM instruments because that made a huge difference in my practice. That's why I speak about it more and more because I would have never been able to figure that out. He looked like just like one of those other kids with anonoids and little tonsils hanging out. Um, I've never seen such bad sinus. Martha, can you stop share for a second? Uh, oh, sorry. No worries. No, so what what I'm thinking, just to, to really um, get people to understand that the rhinometry is one thing. What, what people don't get is that their noses don't work. They might be sick and tired and, and breathing poorly, but they don't ever look at the nose and they don't really treat the nose. Some of them never even clean their nose or realize that they, they don't need- clean their noses. Yeah, they don't clean their noses or their ears. Or their ears. So the, the ears and the nose, they need a little cleaning, especially if they're congested. And you need to create that nasal patency, that nasal tube, that little pathway for the air to come in and out, or else you're, you change everything around your breathing. Your mouth opens up, your tongue goes down, you dry out your throat, too much volume comes in, you use the wrong muscles, your rib cage elevates, your neck gets tight, your head goes forward. The chain of things go on and on, and then it gets worse as we get older. The kids need this treatment. Adults need this treatment. So Martha, I'm so glad that you brought this up and I'm sure that we're going to continue this conversation. I will be the functional person, the myofunctional therapist, the PT, the breathing retrainer, the one that looks at the body more as a functional unit, someone that actually needs to look at, because architecture is one thing, but if you don't have the function, things fall apart. So we need each other and there's other practitioners we need that we'll bring into this conversation, but please join us twice a month. We're going to be doing this every other Wednesday at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. Um, Martha, is there anything else that you want to add to this? 
I'm going to say thank you to Dr. Karen Davison because in Clubhouse is where I met her over a year ago. And I had requested, I, I, I have a sense to talk to God and I had requested, excuse me, please. I need to measure the nose. I need to figure out a simple method. And it's been really a, a, a wonderful journey to teach, to now really understand this, this, but not surgery necessarily. They're the function, the hygiene. You were so right. Dr. Hobson, all the cases you've been helping me with is that function, that nasal. Everybody gets upset that they have to do so much nasal cleaning. And they go, all the stuff that comes out, I said, just wait till they do nasal release on you. Right, and then all the other boogers come out. Oh, but there's no other word. When you do the nasal releases in the inferior. Let's talk about that next time, Martha. Let's talk about the nasal releases. I think it's a huge topic that lots of people need to know what research we're doing around it. And we well, can we'll talk about the research first. We'll talk yep. about the research first. And then, yes, that sounds great. Um, yep. Okay. Um, we're so happy to have everybody listening. And thank you so much for your attention. We'll be back in two weeks. And at 5.30 Eastern, oh, sorry, 5.30 Eastern, um, 6.30 Central. Take care. Take care. Bye, everybody. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Jennifer. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Breathing Lab with Dr. Jenny. 